Well, hey guys. And welcome back to Crash on My Couch. I'm Arden. And I'm Will. And welcome back. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome back. So happy to have you in our kitchen this morning. How are you doing, Will? I'm doing great. I'm feeling great because I told you this already this morning, but Will makes me coffee every morning, which is maybe the greatest blessing I've ever experienced in my life, especially since he's so anal about his coffee that like I get the best cup of coffee. Like he would whip himself if he made a subpar cup of coffee. And this morning in particular, my cup runneth over. Really? Yeah, it was. It felt extra full. You like the uh, Elias Magoo? The Elias Magoo, which is also an amazing name. Yeah. I want someone to make a cartoon called Elias Magoo. Yeah. It's a fantastic name. Um, yeah. Good mornings all around, I would say. Yes, I'm awake. Um, Will also woke up to the fantastic news. Do you want to tell him? Oh yeah, my Animal Crossing Island is now five stars. Well, yep. Everyone, round of applause for so Will. So now my life can begin again. Yes, you have been. Uh, you can begin anew. Yes, I've, I've, I've been let loose by Tom Nook. Wow. You've broken the shackles. Yes. Let me free. Let you free. Um, what does having a five star island entail? Um, What's special? Just I know putting one a bunch thing. of shit everywhere on the island. No, no. Until what do, it what works. do you get for being having a five star? Oh, island? you get a golden watering can. Okay. And what do you get with a golden and watering? With can? a golden watering can, you can make specific flowers. Ugh, jealous. And then um, also you can you get. I think you can buy a specific flower, or yeah. you can buy the seeds for it, or whatever. Um, called is it Lily of the Valley? Yeah, and I think that's you can only get that if you have a five star island. Wow, I'm truly jealous. All I want in this world is to have every single flower in Animal Crossing. That's pretty much been my goal since the beginning. Yeah, and you're about to do it so flawlessly. Yeah, and I'm I'm I y'all I'm on that grind. I am getting five stars on my island. Like today. After we finish recording this, I'm going straight into streaming and I am not stopping until you I get that, that five, five star. star. Getting that five star well, island. Well, you know what did it for me was yesterday I built that like staircase, the incline, uh-huh. the place where, because before nobody could get up to that and point. And that matters. And as soon as I did that, I was like, oh, everything's accessible. Five stars for you. Whoa. I didn't know why I did 10. Five stars for you. Five. It's, there's five here and there's five here. Yeah. Five stars. Um, that's very exciting. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Congratulations on this Thanks. great accomplishment. Yeah. Um, before we get into the first segment, I thought I'd highlight a couple great tweets that we got from the COMC podcast Twitter. Oh, yeah. Well, in in reference to uh, our the, good the false, bad quotes. The false quotes by, made by famous people. Yes, yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. Um, so we got a couple good ones. Uh, first of all, this, which is just a picture of Martin Luther King Jr., with, nice. with the kid who have you seen that video where he's like, have you ever had a dream that you um you had your you you could you'll do you once you 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 could do so you you you'll do you could you you want you want to do so much you could do anything. See, that's the quote. I like that. That's very good. And then there was. But one, I will say with that. What? You don't believe that he could have said that. I don't believe it's too much of a gag. Yeah. I think this one. Is probably the the other one that we got sent is probably one of the best versions of this mm-hmm. because I think it is believable and I'll tell you why. Okay. So uh, Katie at Stand By Your Mango, thank you for uh, sending in your tweet. She tweeted at us: "The fart is the whisper of the soul." William Shakespeare. See, that's 
That could be plausible. I think that's super plausible because William Shakespeare, you know what? He was a bit of a jokester, a bit of a jester. He might have said something like he this. He might have said that. He might have said that. And I think that's where you get people is you remind them that he didn't just make tragedies. He made comedies. Well, it's a balance because it's enough for you to be like, you want to be able to go up to someone and be able to say that quote mm-hmm. far as the whisper of the soul. Yeah. And then, then and then, and you go, it's by William Shakespeare. And then they go, oh, really? Really? Like, really? Did he say that? And you're like, yeah. And it's enough for them to end the conversation yep. there and just move Sit on with, with their day and let it, let it simmer. Sit with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't so, need, nothing needs to be said because it's like, oh, okay. And the then that manifests, the inception happens. Then two days later, hey, did you know, um, tell somebody else. He tells his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know William Shakespeare said the father of the whisper of the soul? Oh. Interesting. And then it's like a virus, like an whoa, infection. Whoa. He's up in the gym. He's telling his yeah. trainer. Everyone's hearing about Ten it. Ten years later, that's a famous It's on a plaque yeah. in, in Washington. Yeah. There's a plaque that yeah. said, the fart is the whisper of the soul, William Shakespeare. Yeah. And this is what it's all about, people. Yeah. That's why we were asking for these things. See, Katie, thank you for sending it in. Um, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, 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 yes. If you guys have any more good, bad quotes that you'd like to send in, uh, please send them to COMC Podcast at COMC Podcast on Twitter. You can also tweet at us, um, Arden Rose and William Derbyshire. Um, do what you want. Either way, it's very, very cool that we're getting people sending in fake quotes. And yes. I think we should get some needlepoint pillow making kits. Absolutely. And start, you know, needlepointing those away. Yes. You know, make it yes. even more important, right? Yes. Um, so, Will, I think you have quite a few topics for us to discuss. What's our first topic? Our first topic is Go Science. That's me using uh, flasks. You know what I mean? Like pouring them in. It's like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- a Bunsen burner. A Bunsen burner, an Earl Meyer flask. Isn't that what you used to how, how you say? Mm. It's kind of crazy that we did that. What? Like, the like chemi- in chemistry, chemistry, like, did all the, like, chemicals. I'm shocked that we allowed children to do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I guess people have to learn responsibility somehow. I can't remember what I did, though. Like, what was I doing? I don't know. Did anyone ever have to go? To, do you guys have those emergency eye washers? Yeah, we did. Did you? Did we anyone, had goggles. Did anyone ever have to go to the emergency eye wash station? I don't think so. Ours never did either. Actually, one time a kid did, but he was being an idiot and he was like trying to show off and he put some kind of like salt solution on his face. Right. Being an idiot. And then he had to get what, his face washed. Like what were the, do you remember any of the experiments you would do in chemistry? I mean, we had to di- dissect things. I had to dissect a rat. I think I had to dissect something as well. Yeah, I had I to dissect, I dissected unpleasant. a frog, dissected a rat. I didn't like no, but any it. It was of that. more about like the chemicals. I'm trying to think. Was it like making like making like a? I remember one of them was like playing with magnesium and it would spark. <laughs> I, I have no Teaching idea. Teaching young boys about fire. Yeah. What, a, what a good idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Well, anyway, we never had any of that. I don't know um, why we never did actual chemistry appointment. <laughs> they were like. Well, Jesus is the Lord over science, yeah. so we don't need to go too right, far into right. this. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, um, interesting thing this week. So, the coronavirus is obviously rife. Mm-hmm. We all know this. Rife. Rife is a good way to put it's it. R- it's rife. Uh-huh. Um, and so, um, companies are trying to make sure that in the future if this happens again there are things that can be put into place so people stay safe 
people are safer and there are less incidents that occur. I feel like this is also, by the way, before we get into it, I feel like this is also a bit of a I want to believe sort of conspiracy theory because this concept does creep me out. I just want to preface well, this. When I tell this. you, I will, I will make it so you're not creeped out by oh, okay, it because okay. there is... One of the concerns about it is like the privacy aspect of it. Yes. And they kind of go into it. Right. Okay. But let's talk about it. Okay. So (laughs) Apple and Google, two of the biggest technology companies. That have all of my data. They could clone literally, they could clone like an exact copy of me based on all the data they have of me. Um, So they're tackling one of the toughest parts of tracking the corona exposures. And so what they're planning planning on doing is teaming up, Mm -hmm. which is I think the first time they've done this. Because obviously they're Google and Apple. Yeah, they're, they're usually kind of tech yeah. giants. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and they're creating um, this new type of Apple software, um, which would be um, integrated into future updates on your phone. Okay, and it would mean that, um, say, for example, you had the coronavirus, mm. or um, rather, we meet, we meet. Uh, we met last week, mm-hmm. bumped into you in the street, and I say to you, oh, how's your day? We have a nice idle conversation. And then we kiss really hard in the middle of and the street. And then we kiss really hard in the middle of the street. You grab my ass aggressively, okay. and then we walked off. Cool. Right. Yeah. Um, and then a week later, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in my house, okay. and um, you're sitting in your house, mm-hmm. and you find out that you have the coronavirus. You start to, start to show symptoms. Ruh-roh. You go and get tested, and you go, okay, I have the coronavirus. Wow. And I know in my head, I'm like, damn, I made out with him really aggressively in the street and he grabbed my ass. So what you can do is if you know you have the coronavirus, Mm -hmm. you go onto this app on your phone and you you say, I have the corona. There's a button that says, I (laughs) I have the corona. Hey, Miss Miss Rona came to my house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have the corona. It's anonymous. Mm -hmm. And then all of the phones that have been in your proximity for the last week i believe okay will then get notifications saying you've been in contact with someone that has the coronavirus um you should self-isolate wow that's it's really cool yeah so i'm guessing it's google because they're using google maps because apple maps sucks butthole it's not a location thing and i don't think it's it must be some sort of location thing because if no it's not it's it's a it's so it's so what happens is is if we're standing in the street having a conversation your Bluetooth signals ping at each other. And I believe the Bluetooth signal was within 30 feet. So you have to be within 30 feet of each other, which would make sense if you're... Okay, so I could see one annoyance with this. Is that your Bluetooth signal's off? Well, maybe. But really, the big annoyance could be your neighbor is getting notifications every hour of the fucking night because you have the Rona and their ping keeps being like, you're near someone that has the corona. I think it's I think it's less about your location and it's more about like they'll tell you a week later, like, oh, you you have been at some point in the last week in contact with this. So you should um self-isolate. Yeah. But it's not to do with uh location, which is like the big privacy concern. Because everyone was worried that like, oh, Google and Apple are just gonna keep tracking your locations. It doesn't actually track your location. It's just um, basically beaming signals out, Bluetooth signals out, backwards and forwards between right. different phones. Uh, just to, um, I don't know how the technology necessarily works, but I think it's about establishing all the phones around you, creating like a network. So when you do put into the app, oh, I do have the Corona, it will allow all those phones that you've 
To get a notification. To get a notification. And it's completely anonymous, so it's not like you can be like, oh, you fucking bitch. Like, call up your friend and be like, oh, you... You have, gave me you Miss get, Rona. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't know who it is, but it's just right. kind of for your peace of mind. And then I believe it's Google and Apple because obviously... You have the Android side of right. It, they want and then both phones the to be able so like to this. operate together. Yeah, it's interesting because I I don't think there's a world in which they wouldn't be getting important data from this. Like it, it's a little bit too. It's an intimate thing mm-hmm. to to like send pings to people. I mean, I know you opt into the service, so it's not something that you are just getting. It's, I don't it's think it's any different you. though to how your phone probably does it now. Yeah, because it does hit signals. It pings signals. Well, yeah, it's just like it's the same thing with. Um, that's how people figure out if someone's been murdered or not. Well, if someone's a murderer. It's the it's, same. They ping the signals. They see where the cell phone pings. I mean, right? yeah, but like it's it's even like like rudimental, rudimental, rudimentary than that. It's like you know when you open up your phone, you airdrop somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, that's and using they're, Bluetooth. They're, yeah, and they're like pictures already there. And it's like, yeah. oh yeah, I can just airdrop this to you. Yeah, that, that's it's already it's available. already done it. It's already all so available. So it's, it's just the same thing. Right. But it's just this other, this other thing that this app's going to do. Right. Um, which I think would be amazing because, you know, you're so concerned about um, whether you had it or not, whether you've come in contact with someone that's had right, it. Right, because how do you know? Yeah, like if you've been on a plane, for example, like I know for the for the week after coming off a plane, I'm like, fuck, am I going to be sick? Like, Yeah, even just for regular, like if, if this was something that started being a thing for any kind of like if it was flu season and you mm-hmm. could opt into like a flu sort of screener yeah. where like anytime someone around you had the flu, I would be really interested in that. Although Even, you'd probably get Sony pings because the flu is pretty common, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, Rona, Miss Rona's getting her ass all over town. Yeah, but I'm so, saying like, I think it's, I just think, in, yeah, in practice, it would be a kind of a cool thing. But it, it would be, be cool. Yeah. But I think it'd be like, helpful for isolating, I think. Yeah. I do think the people who would opt into this service are people who are, pr- I'm assuming, probably already pretty concerned with self-isolating and being yeah. careful. Yeah. So unless this was something that just showed up on your phone, sort of like, um, we have a similar thing here. I mean, it happened to us the other night where we'll get little pings if there's an amber alert in the area or if there's a flash flood warning yeah. or if there's any kind of like police activity or whatever like important activity going on in our neighborhood we'll get uh like local alerts for things yeah so i could see how they use that technology to notify like like say for instance someone in our apartment building got it if they sent a ping that was like someone in your apartment building has the coronavirus just fyi be Mm -hmm. extra careful yeah uh do you think that would lead to a witch hunt or do you think people would just be like okay i'm just gonna be extra careful (laughs) a witch hunt would you mean a witch hunt for like somebody that? Yeah. Would you instantly go? Who is it? Would you instantly go? Who well, I think is the it? beauty of it is like on on a weekly basis. I mean, now obviously we're self isolating, so we we don't come in contact with anybody. <laughs> no, but God, I think God forbid I feel the touch of another hand. Yeah. <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> I think like you know, in a normal week, you yeah. probably come in contact with like oh, like hundreds, hundreds of, of people, people, thousands yeah. of people, even yeah. because you know you go. You're if a, you're in a city that has public transport you're in, as yeah, well. Yeah, you're in a supermarket. Yeah. Like, you're, yeah, you're on public mm-hmm. transport. You're walking down the street. Like, you're just, you're going past Mix people left, right, and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think. Um, it would be good to know. I think I would have trouble, though, if I found. I, okay, so I guess it's less about, I think I'm looking at this from the wrong direction. It's less about 
knowing who gave it to you. And it's more about knowing that it you could be in contact. You know what I mean? It's more about you than taking the appropriate steps to self-isolate rather than going down the rabbit hole of being like, who could have given this to me? Because if you're walking through a, a busy mall and you're passing like 50 people, yeah, there's... you're not going to question which one of those people gave it to you. You're going to go, oh, I probably went, I probably got in contact with someone at the mall. I'm going to notify the mall that this happened. And also I'm going to self-isolate now. Well, I mean, I've, I I I think that is the way it's designed is to, to deliberately not to deter to deter people from trying to like yeah it's out completely who anonymous you won't know who it is right. it it would just be like in the last week you've been in contact with one of these people like with a coronavirus patient but um, also I think you know this is born out of the whole thing where if you have the coronavirus. Um, there's like a, a five day week period where you you're feel asymptomatic. Fine, you don't yeah. have any. You have nothing going. And a lot of people can be asymptomatic in general. In like general. they can have the virus and not even realize. So that. it's just about like curbing it. So it's being like you could have it. Stay inside for the next you know ten days. I'm like I'm still convinced that all of the fluy sort of stuff that people were experiencing early January, February. I think all of that was Corona. So like for that, like it wouldn't shock me if we had some form of it and just had no idea. Yeah, you never. I know. think I think a lot of people had it and don't even realize they had it. I mean, we've had now both our friends, like our entire friend group. It has gone through our entire friend group. It has gone through your entire family. Like it, there, everyone is fine in our lives, which is great. But it wouldn't shock me if, like, there are tons of people who had it and just have had no clue. Yeah. You know, so this would be really, really helpful, too, just to know. I would love there to also be a database so that we could figure out who has the antibodies and just, like, you know, yeah. stay safe. Yeah. Totes my goats. Um, but, I mean, much so of anything to do with Apple and Google, like, there are probably going to be caveats to some, this. Some problems with it. Yeah. But I think... Like they've just, I think they've got a long way to go, but it was like them coming out and acknowledging like, this is what we're going to try and work on. It's not for this pandemic, but it's for the next one. I believe so. Because it's not going to, I highly doubt they're going to be able to figure all this stuff out. No, no, no. I think they said they've only been working on it for two weeks. Yeah. So it's like a relatively new thing. But very interesting. the last concern was like, um, I was reading an article on The Verge about it. Mm -hmm. Um, People were saying, well, this article was saying, um, that it, it wouldn't really work if you had to download the app. Oh, yeah. People wouldn't opt into it. Because it's like it, it. everybody in the world needs to needs have it on their phone it. in order yeah. for it to work. It and can't it's hard be, to get that, yeah. get that without it being. Well, because so like, it needs to be integrated almost in the OS. So if you have an Apple phone, it's right. already there or mm-hmm. an Android or. I mean, yeah. when was the last time you signed that that terms and conditions list and like actually read any of it? Yeah. It has a lot to do with data management as well. So it would be it'd be interesting if they snuck that kind of language into the terms and conditions when you're downloading the basic OS. And then like you're just you just have it. Cause that's what a lot of this stuff is. Like the Amber Alerts that we get. We opted into that at some point. We just don't know when we did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or otherwise they wouldn't have the authority to to ping it to our phones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Good point. I mean Yeah. I would definitely opt in if they worked out the kinks. It, it seems like a really helpful, safe, helpful thing moving forward. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it could be also helpful for like, um, I don't know, if they had a catalog of a lot of different illnesses, if something was coming up that was like scary, like 
I don't even know, like meningitis. Then you could see who had meningitis in your area. Yes. You know what I mean? If something pinged off and someone had mono in like a <laughs> high school, you know what I mean? It would be really helpful for like kids and colleges and high schools and middle schools, elementary schools. It'd be helpful if you could like, but I guess kids don't have phones. Well, yeah. young, young kids don't have phones. But anyways, very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Interesting way to start this off, Will. I like it. I like um, it a lot. So the next segment, which we're going to be moving on to, is what the fuck? What the fuck? Huh? Huh? WTF? Um, this was a, um, I can't, I don't know how I stumbled upon this, mm-hmm. but I think it might have been because me and Arden were in Florida, uh, well, a couple months ago now, um, with Arden's family, mm-hmm. and, and um, we went to, we were in Seaside, and that's like, White Picket Fence, Truman Show Town. I just remembered what we're talking about. Yes, yes. Um, And um, it's very cookie cutter. It's like, it's like the quintessential American. Like you feel like you're going to see someone wearing like a seersucker suit, step outside of their door and go like, howdy neighbor while holding a hose. You know what I mean? It's like, honey, I'm home. Honey, I'm home. Yeah. Oh, stop. Behave. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyways, keep going. It's like 50s nuclear family. Yes. Um, so I can't. I think I found it on Google after going to Seaside and being like, "Oh wow, that was such a." I've never been to a place so like cookie cutter and so like all the houses kind of look the same. And they all have this like strict code they abide to. Yeah. And so I ended up finding um, this town called Celebration in Florida, which is owned by Disney. Right. So I think probably people have heard about this before, but I don't know if you've heard about, I have a feeling that this is like in the zeitgeist, but like not a lot of people talk about it, but like I knew about celebration. I don't know if I knew about celebration because you told me about it. No, there's no way. Really? There's no way. I mean, I like, I'm a Disney person. We're both Disney people. We didn't like, I didn't know this was a thing. That's a good point. Um, Okay, so Celebration Florida. It's owned by the Disney Corporation. Mm-hmm. Which the- is weird to, enough as is. Yeah, I that mean. they just own it, a town. And the fact that it's called Celebration is just. A bit creepy. It just makes me think of evil things. Um, so in the 90s, um, based off um, their experimental future program, I believe it was, I think it's Epcot. You know Epcot in the mm-hmm. Disney parks, which is like the world of tomorrow. Yeah. Imagining how things what would be. What things could be, yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to go to the 60s Disneyland and see the world tomorrow. That sounded really cool. That's your dream. Oh, If you yes. could time travel, you just go to a World's Fair. You go to all the World's Fairs. Yeah. So they used to have like a partnership with the World Fair Disneyland did, and they would like show off, you know, model homes. And what their what their vision for the future yeah, was. Yeah. And it was always insane and crazy and had like flying cars. Um, but... Uh, so I guess as a um, extension of this, in the 90s, Disney were like, well, we're going to try and um, kind of take some of our knowledge and put it into a town in Florida called Celebration. So they were trying to recreate what they were seeing as the future of society as a test in this town. I don't think it's necessarily like like sci-fi futuristic town. Like, no. More of like, this is, is like a utopia. Right. But it is, there is sort of like a... I'm not going to say a sinister Westworldy feel to it, but there is sort of a feel of like they did this to see if Disney could create the perfect. It's very town. Stepford Wives. Yeah, and actually explain I, some of the stuff because I know there's like birds constantly chirping well, from speakers. So I didn't realize this, but it is actually connected to uh, Walt Disney 
well, Disneyland, Disneyland Florida. Oh, it's connected to yeah, Disneyland so Florida. I didn't know that. Um, that makes things a lot. That makes things a lot more. Uh, makes a lot more sense to me. I thought it was like kind of in the middle of Florida. No, it's like on the main roads going up to the park. So oh. it's like all part of the same lot. Oh, okay. So, you kind of know what you're getting into then if you're going to live in celebration. Yeah. So they made this utopia. And, um, you know, they would do Disneyland stuff where, like, all the houses were painted white, yellow, pink, tan or blue. There were lush green gardens with white picket fences. In the autumn, the town used to import fallen leaves to waft around. And in the winter, fake snow was put on the rooftops. Whoa. And then the trees were fitted with speakers playing a never-ending bird song. Question. So it's like Disneyland, but, like, it's kind of like... If you wanted to live in Disneyland. Yeah. Well, I have a question, though. Who gets to live here? I think it's a pretty... Uh, I think to begin with, it was probably a very hard thing to do because I imagine they would probably pick and choose who they want in the town. Do you think it was people who worked for Disney? Like, do you think the most... Like, most of the people who ended up living there were people who were engineers or Imagineers or whatever? Would they be the people who would want to live there because they're so close to Disney, Disney World? So it actually says here... Um, Demand was so high for the town that the company asked people to enter a lottery to oh. be able to have a chance of snapping on one of the 474 homes. So it's 400 homes. Oh, wow. And it was lottery based. And around 5,000 people entered longing for a piece of perfection. There's no way, though, that Disney didn't have a hand. It's not a lottery. If they saw like a meth head come in, they're not going to pick them to be the winner. I mean, of the you lottery. obviously have to be eligible to be able to buy a house, and you know that's true. You you're have to already, be in that position. You're already upper middle class if you're trying to buy a house from Disney. <laughs> so the, the original sales brochure boasted: "There once was a place where neighbors greeted neighbors in the quiet of summer twilight, oh. where children chased fireflies and porch swings provided easy refuge from the cares of the day." The movie house showed cartoons on Saturday. The grocery store delivered. And there was one teacher who always knew you and had that special something. Remember that place? So it was like this like this utopia. Like you wanted to go to this place. This is the town you want to grow up in. Not going to lie. It sounds a bit like... It sounds a bit... And like I know it's Disney, so it's not. It's not. But it sounds a bit like Make America Great Again. Mm. It has a bit of that like... I miss the old days. I wish that we were back in the fifties when I could beat my wife and take my <laughs> take my cocaine. It is no a very fifties um, mentality, but so, such as like Epcot and all that stuff they were trying to do. I right. think also all the houses have a hidden Mickey. Oh, I do like that. Yeah. See, I'm a, I am a Disney slut. I do like a little. <laughs> I do like a little hidden Mickey every now and then. Um, there was a bunch of regulations. It was 160 pages, um, and. I think, like, I mean, uh, it says only certain parts, only certain plants were reportedly allowed in the gardens and special lanes were built behind the homes to hide cars and rubbish bins. So it was like this special town. Anyway, uh, 20 years later, mm-hmm. it's it's gone downhill. What? What do you mean downhill? Because Disney wouldn't let it, like, no, go derelict. It's gone downhill. What happened in this perfect little society? I can't believe it. Who would have guessed it? So um, one of the the main things was that um, all the roofs in the properties Mm -hmm. started to 
basically collapse. Why? So 70 homes needed new roofs. What? Why? What happened? And it was going to cost millions and millions of dollars to fix all these roofs. Like, they were dere- like derelict. It was, like, why? disgusting. Why? Did they not think about infrastructure when they started this off? Hey, Disney, you build parks all around the world. You yeah. weren't thinking about infrastructure? I mean, uh, like, I think, so all the houses started to get a little bit derelict. So the, ha- the roofs started to kind of fuck up. They needed a ton of money to fix them all. Did they not have, like, a maintenance budget? No, this is like, you got to think, like, this is probably one of those things they made 25 years ago. They thought it was a really good idea. And then 25 years, 25 years later, the person who started the project, yeah, the person who started the project isn't on it anymore, or they're like, they've passed on. Like, they're not a part of this anymore. Yeah, like, okay, so the school came under fire because classrooms were filled with 80 children. Like, classrooms were filled with just so many children that they couldn't, like, deal with it. Um, now, more sinister things happened as well. So in 1998, the town was rocked by an armed home invasion. A couple was bound and gagged in their home by a gang of masked burglars. What? That happened in 98. Then in November 2010, a um, resident was found strangled with a shoelace and bludgeoned to death with an axe. What? Yeah. Also bludgeoned to death with an axe bludgeoned with an axe so it wasn't sharp enough to cut their head off well it said um <laughs> supposedly um a homeless person at the time killed killed this man and um he he received a life sentence for the murder but um after the guy died um a bunch of his students came out because he was a teacher came out and said that um he was a predator and he was like he had been grooming them basically <gasps> Oh my god, it was a revenge kill? So this homeless person said that um, he tried to sexually assault him and that's why he like killed him, basically. What? Yeah. Wh- what? He said that the... The, the man, layers, the, the layers to this. The man that died has described... Uh, the man that uh, died was described as a cunning pedophile predator <gasps> and he developed a close relationship with her 10-year-old son. This is the mother of one of the children that was affected by it. Oh. She claimed that he treated him to trips across the countries, including Mexico, Japan, and China. Why are you letting your kids go with a random strange man so to Mexico, Japan, and China? It's, like, kind of rife with crime, and it's got this, like, kind of dark David Lynch underbelly. And there's also apparently this thing called the Death Pond, where... Um, oh, God. Uh, there In are celebration? No, yeah, there are no warnings on the road, on this specific road. So people can take a wrong turn, and they can basically drive into the water. And there were several incidents, supposedly. The most well-known one involved three young men who'd been holidaying in Florida in the summer of 1998, and their bodies were discovered nine months later. What the fuck? In the pond? Yeah. What the fuck? Disney? And then to top it all off, apparently, <laughs> this isn't necessarily a bad thing. Oh, I know what you're about to but say. But the community is rife. With swingers. With swingers. With swingers. They be swinging left. Like, they be swinging right. Supposedly there is a rife swinging, swinging community in celebration. I mean, this stuff just like. It writes itself. Writes itself. Like, I, I, I just want to go and like shoot like a documentary about all the people there. That yeah. It just must be. I mean, how I imagine it. It must be insane. I mean, the thing is, to be someone who wants to live in celebration, you have to be a very specific person. And I don't I don't think that pedophile uh, geography teacher is that far off who would actually want yeah. to buy a house from 
from the Walt Disney Straight, Company. Straight, cookie cutter people. Yeah, but also people who want to hide something. Yeah. Like, who's going to suspect someone in, like, the cookie cutter? And also, you're really close to kids. Yeah. Think about it. It's like, it's a yeah, bit of a... it's a good point. It's a bit of a pedophile's uh, delight, if you will. And you probably have to be Disney obsessed to some degree. Which is also sort of a pedophile. Have an annual, have an annual pass, be able to, like, walk in and out of the yeah. Walt Disney Resort. You would think that if you're going to buy a house in Disney Celebration that they would give you an annual pass. I would hope they would. Yes. Yeah, I hope point. they're not like, do you have an annual pass? Because if you don't, you can't live here. Oh, I don't know. That'd be pretty wild if you were, if that was like the reverse of it. Um, so when are you going to write the script around the celebration murders? There just needs to be a horror about it, doesn't there? I think it'd be very easy to make a horror about this. Yeah. You could make it very easily. It writes itself. It basically did already write itself. No one steal it. Don't steal Will's idea. Don't do it. I'm, I'm more inclined actually to like, Try and come up with like a documentary, just because like I feel like visually, it's so the the contrast between like how beautiful how beautiful and, and idealistic it is yeah idyllic yeah it is um to the to the seedy pedophilic to underbelly the weird shit going on underneath yeah. is is amazing like, and it's it's not just I think it would be a good documentary because it's not just murder like you don't have to focus on that it's not just that it's the weird shit it's like it's like um. Twilight Zone episode where like it's one day it's swingers like all wearing Mickey masks you know what I mean and mm-hmm. then like the next day it's a pedophile who's getting chopped up by a homeless person as yeah. like a, an act of revenge and then the next day it's a bunch of kids bodies that go missing for like nine months and they don't know where they went and they're in a lake like it's like it's it flies from one end to the other yeah. it's very that's very interesting yeah. it's very interesting mm. all right well Thank you for telling us about Celebration. Yeah, I just thought that was crazy. I I came across a couple of weeks ago and I can totally forgot to bring it up in the podcast just because it. Yeah. I just never heard about it. it, it I can't believe it still exists. I mean, we should definitely go. I want to go. Next time we go to like the Walt Disney Resort, go to, to Disney World, we should go and check it out. Yeah. I'd love to take some pictures. When was the last time you went to the Walt Disney World? Uh... Oh my gosh, I must have been like... I think I was six years old. I was really, really young. I was a big baby. I baby, so... We go, we go to Disneyland quite a bit here. Yeah. I'm, I'm sad it's not open right now, We're, but also I get it. I we totally were, get it. And I, I hope when it does open, we can be annual pass holders again. Yes, we will regain... We have our annual pass uh, uh, magnet staring at us from the... Uh, from the fridge. The beauty of the annual pass is like when you go to Disneyland, you really feel like you have to like make a whole day of it. Like you have to get up early because you want to be able to do all you the You want to make the most out of your money. Yeah, yeah. you want to make the most out of your money because it is expensive. It's fucking but if expensive. You, if you do get the annual pass you've already and paid, you live kind of near. Yeah, you've already paid the cost. Now you have to make it worth it. Yeah, you, we, yeah. I remember we, remember we had that realization where we went like, I think it was, it was over in the morning. I know one day we got up kind of early and we're like should we just go down for the morning I know, and we went down for a couple really hours close. We're and like then 45 minutes away from yeah it. and we got down and we were like no oh, we can just like Leave. we went on like a ride and we were like oh we got we ate some, lunch yeah we ate lunch had we a like churro. got on a ride i ate some popcorn and then we're like oh we can just leave now yeah there's no guilt because we have free parking and we like w- and we did that as well in like an evening we had nothing to in the evening we're like should we just go because Disney's so pretty at night. It was like, oh, let's go, like, let's just go walk around and so that leave. Was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. You don't have to stress about it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, it's very, okay. Very good. Last segment. Right. Uh, this is actually a segment that was recommended on Twitter as well. 
Uh, so thank you to the person who said they wanted an update on uh, Finn's treasure. Uh, but we're going to talk about... Finders Keepers. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. That's us fighting. It's yours, it's yours, it's mine. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So you weren't really fighting over it, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, so as you guys know, if you've listened to the podcast, uh, thanks for sticking with us for so long. Happy to have you. Um, but if you've been uh, listening for a while... We've talked a lot about uh, Forrest Finn's treasure, which, just to bring you up to speed if you um, don't know what it is, uh, it's basically a treasure that was hidden by uh, an art dealer slash collector named Forrest Finn. Uh, He hid, uh, like, an insane amount of gold and doubloons and, like, treasure in a chest. He he was... uh he would sell artifacts to celebrities. Yes. So he had all these really valuable artifacts that yes. he put into this chest. Yes. And then he took this chest and he hid it somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. Um, and then he wrote a book that was kind of like a list of poetry or like uh, riddles to try to tell you how yeah. to get to the how to get to the treasure. And it became this whole crazy thing. There are subreddits about it. It seems to be it, it just it just blew up basically. Yeah. Forest fans treasure forest fence treasure and he originally hid it because uh he got really really sick and he uh assumed that he was gonna die uh before he would see this treasure found um so his idea was that he was just gonna leave it in the rocky mountains and if someone found it post-mortem yay you got my fortune i think it was also about um he felt like the youth of today was um, not getting outside, not enough. getting outside enough for spending too much time indoors on their phones, on computers. So he wanted to recapture um, a bit of his childhood because he was a big outdoors guy. Yes. So he buried it in a place where supposedly he spent some of his childhood. No and, one knows what the fuck that is. Yeah. And also he says that anyone is capable of finding. Yeah. He says like, cause People have died trying to find. Yeah, it. we're going to talk about yeah. that. Yeah, we're going to talk and, about that. In a second. Uh, he says, "You like it doesn't need to be so dangerous." Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the the big issue with this is that people. Um, he's still alive, by the way. He's still alive. He's oh, yeah. eighty nine. He's eighty nine. He's totally fine. Um, he says he thinks more than three hundred fifty thousand people have found or have searched for this. He thinks that close to half a million people Fuck. have searched for this. Um, <laughs> what is that? What is that? How is that class of person, though? Well, I'm about to like, tell you. If Wait, I, I'm about to tell you. Okay. I will tell you what class of person that is. No, no. I was going to say, like, what? how do you determine someone that's looked for it? Is it just like, I'm going to go walk around, huh, dig up a few holes? <laughs> I mean... Did I look for it then? I guess. <laughs> but also, I think if you're searching for it, like... I would argue it's a lot more than 350,000 if yeah. we talk about how many people have looked into it online and tried to solve oh, the like yeah. we were looking we started pulling up maps one day you me and Jacob oh, were like looking I, up like where we would go for a couple months I You're planning an ex- expedition. I was planning it because I had Montana maps, mm-hmm. Colorado maps and Wyoming. Wyoming maps, yeah. And I think those are the three states that it could be in. And uh I had the maps and I was like, it's happening. This could be it. We'll get this. Okay. So, uh, this is on upi.com. So this is, uh, basically there was a study done to see who these people were that were hunting for the treasure because like it's, I mean, five people have died. We, we had this brought crazy. Yeah. We had this brought to our attention because actually someone died recently two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. 
uh, a 53-year-old, this is just on the Daily Mail, a 53-year-old died hunting for uh, Forrest Fenn's treasure. He was uh, just hunting around with one of his friends who actually was 65 years old and survived, mm-hmm. um, but they were trapped in deep snow. Uh, so they weren't they weren't prepared for like the conditions. They weren't prepared for the conditions. The his friend was he was dressed in warmer clothing and was airlifted to a hospital. But he died looking for this fifty three years old from Deer Park, and like that's not an un, uncommon thing that you hear is it's not it's not 25 year olds that are dying it's usually usually like middle-aged men that are dying but he says Forrest Fenn says like um you guys don't everyone needs to be safe you shouldn't go when it's snowy I mean he's telling all of this stuff but he says go like in the the like this the spring summer absolutely it's not it's not necessarily his fault yeah but I think it's just if you're someone who is going to do this you're a certain personality where you're not going to listen to what anyone has to say anyway well, but also like if, if i was going to actively try and look for it i wouldn't want to go in the snow because no. the ground would be so hard how would you even dig up anything i don't know what they were thinking like, it's just frozen solid like maybe I feel like maybe they be... were thinking that this was a time when no one else would be looking for it so maybe yeah. they thought okay well if i go as early as possible during the season it'll be just warm enough yeah that I, I, w- could go. I wonder how many people you bumped into in the summer when you like because there are like obvious obvious solves online of people that are like this is it yeah everyone must like flock to the same places and try and just kind of Take around, get a metal detector out. <laughs> There's also like, I'm just reading this. This is really interesting. Um, Finn's gallery was estimated to gross $6 million a year in the 1980s. So he was making shit tons of money. Um, and the best-selling author, Doug Preston, a Santa Fe resident, said that Finn showed the the chest of treasure to him in his home vault several times. And he, like, had talked about this plan. So for people who think that, like, this isn't real, apparently there's a lot of people Fuck, around the him. the treasure chest? Yeah, in his, in his home vault. Can you imagine having a home vault? <sighs> I guess you'd have to if you're an art dealer. That's so sick. Um, but it seems like... Uh, also, Forrest Fenn is an incredible name. <laughs> incredible Forrest Fenn is name. an incredible name. I love the name Forrest. I think it's so cute. Um, a lot of people think that the that Yellowstone National Park is where he hid it because it's a lot of like his family trips that he went on as a kid. Finn were in uh, Yellowstone National Park. He mm-hmm. grew up in Texas, um, and they say that a lot of times it's not it's it's older men. That go hunting for this. Yeah. And it's upper middle class men who go, who go hunting for okay. this treasure. It is never like from people what. too much time. They're retired. Yep. It's people who are retired. It's people who have a lot of time on their hands and it's people who are driven, which a lot of those people. I mean, if you think about someone like, like Mike, our friend, Mike, he would, he be, would be into it, but he would be into it. I you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's crazy. Cause yeah, you do have to spend so much time doing it because mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you if you read the poem and um, you kind of translate it and you pinpoint your location, your solve, mm-hmm. you can then go online and find if somebody else has been to that location. Yeah. And then they'll let you know if they've, if if they they found, found it or not. not. I, yeah. I think, you know, you, you probably spend so much time, like weeks of your time, just going on the forums and talking to people, working out if people have already been to this spot. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the... The dumbass in me mm-hmm. thought, oh, I'll just get these maps. This is going to be fucking easy. <laughs> Open up these maps 
and like bitch it's a lot of land oh my god it's a lot of land colorado wyoming montana those are big fucking places like and they have so many locations you look at and go that'd be a great place to to hide treasure treasure. that'd be a great place it'd be like skull's cavern Mm. like fuck that has to be it yeah yeah I mean, it's it's and there's so many rivers and it's well. Yeah, that's it's the, that's also the issue too. Is like you're dealing with the natural landscape. Someone died. A 31 year old died on the Arkansas River. Just drowned because he was looking for the really? for Finn's treasure. It's interesting though because they did um, they did a uh, a paid online survey of 2,000 people who were interested in Finn's treasure just to see um, like who it was that was really like looking at this treasure. Okay. 44% of respondents identified themselves as upper middle class. So like a large percentage of these people are upper middle class. About 20% of active searching respondents were described as 90% certain they would find the treasure. More than 50% of respondents said they spent 3000 or more dollars on their search. So they were all just like... These people have put convinced. money. About 10% described their involvement as a possible addiction. Many respondents said they took they took risks, including searching alone and confronting wildlife that in- included bears, snakes, mountain lions, and bison. Two respondents said they had to be rescued and required hospitalization. But almost 80% of survey respondents said they were satisfied with the experience of hunting for Fenn's gold. 66% said they found it educational. So people, like, the treasure, this is someone someone who loves the treasure hunt is is given a quote. Uh, the treasure hunt itself is a fantasy, like being able to pretend you're six years old again, said Dan Natzel of Washington, a Fenn family friend who runs a website with clues. Natzel says he doesn't know where the treasure is and has been out searching for it more than 70 times. On the dangerous end, we have people who have spent way too much money, gone into debt and, debt and bankruptcy searching. Marriages have been lost over treasure hunting, but others met their spouses and got married because of the chase. Like it's it's this like crazy I, I, ecosystem. I, I love it. I mean, it's just like yeah, but it's like the article said. Like nothing takes you back to being a kid than a treasure than hunt, a fucking treasure hunt. Yeah, and that the whole. I, mean, I think everybody in their mind when they're walking out trying to find this treasure is, what is it going to be like when I start digging and I hit it and I hit it. Ooh, and that deck. That metal clink. That's the winner. That's the winner right there. Like, that's just, the, that's the stuff of dreams. That's what you want. That's really what you want. And that feeling of just, like, digging up, opening up, and being like... It's mine. Well, that's what people online were saying, incredible. too. The people who were surveyed about this were saying that it wasn't necessarily about just finding the treasure. Someone interviewed anonymously said, uh, you are going to be known as the person who found that treasure. That's the most important thing to me. Yeah. And, and then that you get just goes to the show, next chase. Uh-huh. But see, that's it's the same mentality that you have. It's the same mentality that a lot of young slash middle-aged men have where they're like, I want to put my stamp on the world, and this would be the way for me to put my stamp on the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's really interesting. Interesting. I mean, yeah, it's very um I I can see why it would be so competitive. Um and dangerous. I very I'd be dangerous. I mean like I've said it before on the podcast, but like you find treasure, I, I would I would be scared shitless. What well, would I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to. You know what you should do? You should make. You should write a script not about finding a treasure, but getting that treasure home. Because how the fuck do you get like an eighty pound or yeah, however heavy like, it is? What was that Coen Brothers film we watched where the guy uh, does he find oh, oil? Oh yeah, he finds oil and he doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know what to do with it because yeah. it's like you. 
because you got this ma- massive thing, and you got to think in the summer there are other people that are going to be looking for it. So you could you come across, and you can't have someone see somebody. you with it. Are you kidding? That I think that would be a very good screenplay. Um, but we actually have to end this podcast because I gotta go stream. But oh no, I gotta go. Okay, I know right. we're having fun talking about treasure, but we'll just talk about it in the next episode. All right. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, once again, thank you to Katie who sent over that lovely Shakespeare quote. I can't wait to get that needle pointed. Uh, if you have any other good, bad quotes from people that you would like to share, please tweet them at us. COMC podcast. And if you have any suggestions, tweet us those as well. Yeah. Any, any articles you want us to talk about, Mm -hmm. send send them over. We actually have a shipwreck article that we'll probably talk about next week. Ooh. um, That was very helpfully given by, uh, Dorpai? Tan Bang Tay, thank you for sending over your Swedish Vasa ship story. We'll take Ooh, a look at that. Okay. It's very interesting. I think you'll like it. Um, guys, another thing, another favor we have to ask. If you if you like the podcast, you wouldn't mind taking your time out of your day to leave a review oh, on yeah. the iTunes store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it really helps us climb the rankings, yeah. get, get ourselves out there a little bit more. Yeah. I think... Uh, the reviews are pretty important so if you wouldn't mind leaving a review that'd be amazing if just, you are listening just rating us or whatever yeah. mm-hmm. that would be great um yeah all right thank you so much <laughs> and we'll talk to you guys and next we'll week. see you guys later all right bye, bye.